The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Guys, we got a lot. We've had a lot of good teams around here. All right, a lot of talented teams, just like this one. All right, but the character of this team these last two weeks, and we felt it through that whole game, and I can't thank everyone in this room enough, man. All right, hats off to all you guys. Hey, guys, honestly, guys, we started off in the third quarter, and we didn't get a touchdown, and we got a field goal. I was like, all right, like, this is going to be tough. We know we set out to get to here. We know how short we were last year. We know how that felt. All right, that's what I was thinking there right there at the end of the second half. Like, man, we cannot go out like this. We waited all year to get to this game. And we finally, we feel, got to play a whole game. And we needed the whole game, and we got it done. But as always, this is not the one that we set out to get. Let's go. All right, it's not the one we set out to get. Rare glimpse of Kyle Shanahan without a hat talking to his players. After the NFC Championship, what a crazy look in there! Behind historic fashion, that is, I, I, I can't get used to seeing him without a hat. Right. Used to seeing him with his hat on on the sideline and his headset. You rarely see him in that setting. But back to the Super Bowl, second time since he arrived as head coach in 2017. They want to kick the door in this time around. It's not going to be easy. We got oh. 12 days to go, and oh, by the way, we were just talking before the show about our travel plans. For Viva Las Vegas. I haven't been to Las Vegas since you were like four or five years old. I was 21. Long time ago. Probably a little different now than it was in 1986. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how I feel about going to Las oh, Vegas. Oh, baby. I don't know what I'm yeah. going to do. It's going to be amazing. Casinos, if I'm even going to go. It's going to be the hot spot of America. It's first Super Bowl in Vegas. I'm definitely going to drag you to places and make you get drunk and act disorderly. That's what we're going to do. We're going to have fun. It's going to be a great time. I'm really, I really am excited. And in fact, the last time I was in Vegas was with that guy actually that had no hat on right there. That was the last time I was uh, Is that in when you Vegas. got your tattoos? <laughs> no, your we tattoos didn't do it. In Vegas? We didn't do it then. But um, yeah, I, it's been a while for me. And I want to say the last time I went there, I believe was 
Kyle Shanahan's bachelor party, oddly enough. I, I think that was the last time, which would have been like 2004, 2005, right around that range. So it's been a long time for me too, Mike. The development of the NFL going to Las Vegas this yeah, week and right. having the Super Bowl there. I mean, less than 10 years ago, it would have been completely incomprehensible. I remember seeing a report, a suggestion, an idea that maybe the NFL would play an exhibition game at some point in Las Vegas, and I asked the league about it, and it was met with immediate laughter. We'll never play a preseason game or any game in Las Vegas. Remember the Tony Romo fantasy football convention that was going to be staged at a hotel owned by a casino at which there was no gambling on the premises of this specific location. Can't do it. Can't do it. They shut it down. Got sued over. Hilarious. Because they started squeezing their network talent that had committed to go and players to not show up. You're going to be in violation of the policy if you go there. That was just a couple of years before Timing the Supreme is Court opened the floodgates, right. struck down the rule, struck down the law that had been in place for years that basically confined sports betting to Nevada and kept it from going anywhere else. It's a state's rights issue. States can decide what they're going to do. And then the NFL. And they act like they had no choice but to get involved in gambling. They could still hate gambling. They could still shun gambling. They could still say no thank you to the various official NFL partners that are giving them a bunch of money. They still could. The season began. Lions Chiefs with Roger Goodell being interviewed by Mike Tirico, and he acted like they had no choice but to be in this space. You have a choice. You don't have to. You don't have. You can say it's legal, but we hate it. There are plenty of things that are legal that people stay away from. Mustard is legal, and I'll never eat it in my entire life, knowingly. Sometimes they slip it into something, and it's like, what the hell? I'm too hungry to worry about it. But my point is, you don't have to do it just because it's legal. And now it's all Viva Las Vegas. Viva La Money. They're having a conference call today. They're having a press conference today at 115 to talk about legalized wagering and Las Vegas and the Super Bowl. And we'll see what kind of questions they get and what kind of questions they ask. But there's a lot of hypocrisy there. It's baked into it. Yeah, of course. We've covered it. Thou shalt not do it, even though we're going to stuff our pockets with money. Hey, players, anybody who works for the league, you can't. You better not. You better not walk into that casino or you're going to get fired. Yeah. But we'll go ahead and take as much better money. Better not even be on the app when you walk in our building and we'll, we'll ruin your life. Better not even be on the app while you walk in our you, building. I mean, it's, it's okay on the yeah. street. It's yeah. okay out on the street. Right. It's, it's just when you walk through the door, you better close it because it, you know, it undermines the integrity of the game. The whole thing. Really? Really? I mean, we'd be foolish to ignore this plain sight dichotomy this weird landmine that the nfl is trying to avoid the minefield through which it's trying to walk is what i was trying to say and they're they're not walking they're just walking they're just they don't even know they're just we don't care we can do it nobody cares we'll do it nobody cares yeah you're right nobody cares baby we're gonna vegas baby vegas that's right it's vegas baby get everybody drunk we're going to have fun. money at the casinos. Come on. We're going to have first Super Bowl ever in Vegas. I know, right? I mean, you know, I got some friends in some high places, high rollers, right? People that are way out of my stratosphere and bank account numbers and lifestyle and all that. They're all going to this game. 
they're all like, in fact, one of the, one of my friends who's a high roller is like, no, no, this is like all the big dogs are coming in. They're all the ones that have been like, I spend a million dollars here a year at this casino, this casino, blah, blah, blah. They're now like, Hey, hotel that I always stay at or casino. I want tickets to the game. I want passes to all the cool things. So that's where I think it's going to be cool. I know the Super Bowl is a star-studded event, as as always. We know that. But I think this is going to be even a tick up for the Super Bowl this year, where we're going to see some some high, high, high-level superstars wanting to be there and be a part of this. Question. Yes. Why is it a status symbol to be I don't know. such a bad gambler that they give you everything for free? Like – like, you know, they just like, show, they can. Oh, yes. They, oh, sorry. Yeah. Yes. We got Super Bowl tickets for you. We've got this for you. Here's a free steak. Here's a free room. Well, Here's a free car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, they look at a list and they're like, uh, does this guy piss money away? <laughs> You're VIP. He does. Yeah. He does. He, you know, he makes it rain all the time. VIP. That, yeah, I know. Uh, it, it is funny. It is. But um, yeah, I, I, that's the sense I get. Right. Did I read right yesterday that the Super Bowl tickets are already. Uh, on pace or the highest they've ever been in the in the history of the the sport to this point wouldn't surprise me right and we're still you know 12 days yeah. out that's kind of uh impressive but yeah I, I think that's only going to skyrocket because of the place and the and the two teams that are in it it's the perfect combination of things that you do where money is no longer money when you go to a football game or a professional sporting event money is no longer money right yeah. like Oh, you know, we're just having fun here. Whatever the tickets right. cost, we're having fun. Right. Whatever right. the hot dogs cost, we're having fun. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Oh, buy the program, buy this. It doesn't matter. You go, you go to Las Vegas. Money isn't money anymore. It's not money anymore. No, you just you're relegated you just need to, to like you're gonna blow it. I'm blowing gone. money, and I'm not even gonna think about it. Here we go. You're right. It is funny how it just transforms you money. by there. <laughs> you're right. You know, better I, hide your money. I hear better like I hear my Vegas. old nanny, my old my grandmother nanny, like you know when I asked for m- m- money at like the movie theaters, and she gave me like a dollar, right? When I was like eight years old, and I was like, nanny, the popcorn costs five dollars. What? Oh my god, five dollars! <laughs> what the hell is going on with the world? <laughs> you know, she gives me the whole spiel. I'm just, I, I don't know, nanny, but it, it's five dollars. Sorry. I mean, you know, but yeah, you don't have those uh, thoughts when you're in Vegas. <laughs> Super Bowl 45, $15 for a bucket about that big of stale popcorn at what is now AT&T Stadium. I left the press box. I need popcorn. There's no popcorn in the press box. I snuck down in and there's the, and hey, a popcorn, $15, $15. What the hell? Oh, give me it. I want it anyway. And I, I took first bite. You know when it's stale? Yeah. Popcorn's oh, yeah. Stale. Yeah, it's right. got that weird that taste, first bite, that weird like, texture oh, to it. Yeah. Squeaky. It's, it's styrofoamish. Squeaky, right? Yeah. Right. Yes. I, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I got you all I the way. I ate it anyway because I paid $15 for the stuff. Hey, I what? started to pay 15 I, I ate it. It's $15. Got to eat it. Seriously, like, though, this Super Bowl – just looking at it, it's got some, like, cool stuff, right? I mean, it's the Chiefs. It's the 49ers. It's, you know, what do you want to say? The Blue Bloods of the NFL to a degree, right? You know, as far as that's concerned. Blue Bloods? Blue Bloods, Have you right? you come up with a new city? No, there, no, no. You know what? I hear it sometimes in, like, in, football, in, in college. They, like, mention, like, the the mainstay teams, the Michigans, the Texas, the Ohio States, those blue are the bloods. blue bloods, right? I, I thought you said boo bloods. Oh, I thought no. you said boo bloods. No, I I'm mean sorry. I might have. I don't know. We'd have to check the 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 tape there. But 
I just between those two teams, it's a rematch of a Super Bowl that was extremely exciting a few years ago. It's one team that you know both teams have tons of superstar, but one's centered around the quarterback who's the biggest star in our country, I think, in professional sports. And then the other one's got a bunch of stars. Uh, I don't know about that anymore. Well, I don't know about right. that anymore. I think 87's eclipsed him. Yeah, maybe, maybe. You're right. But So th- that's them, though. There they are, the biggest show. You're right. I mean, you're talking about, yeah, Swift and Kelsey and Mahomes. And you got the Niners with all those stars. And then the quarterback, where it's like, wait, he's not your normal superstar quarterback yet and there's the questions and is he a game manager is he more than that blah 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 and then you just get into the I mean Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan clearly the two best coaches in football over the last five to six years I don't really think it's close I think it's those two and then there's a little bit of like another tier you start there but I mean and they got their own little rivalry working here so I I just think that the ticket prices the atmosphere that week we're both going to the game. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm like, I'm really, really excited for next week. I really am. $9,800 a seat. Whoa. 70% more than last year. I was going to say, that like blows it out of the water. I was going to say, like, I don't remember what it was last year, but I don't remember it anywhere in that, that stratosphere. Wow. And it's not money. See, that's the thing. Damn. It's, money, the when you, it's money when you sell that damn thing. the places where money isn't money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's also money when you win gambling, but that's the thing. Good luck right. with that. If you that's that's it. one more thing before we continue the discussion about the game. If you're really good at gambling, they kick you out. If you're really bad at gambling, they give you the keys to the place. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm like, hey, I'm gonna come out and count cards. If I come out and count cards, you know how long I'm gonna last in any casino? Yeah, I wouldn't not even know long. how to begin to count cards. But just the fact that I've said it, I'm probably on some list now at every casino in America because I said the words counting cards, it's like saying bomb in an airport. <laughs> anyway, um point that uh, Matt Casey sent an email around yesterday. James Kaminsky, our buddy who works on Football Night in America, right. put some stuff together about yep. the Super Bowl. One thing that I saw that – and I guess I would – I don't know what number. We should have played let, – let's play this game. I don't know if you saw what I posted. No. I don't know if you saw the email. I don't think I did. Do you know how many starters – how many starters, both teams, both teams, I want you to give me the number of starters that you think from Super Bowl 54 – who are still on the two teams four years later. Okay. How many starters? Starters. Not, not, not specialists, starters. Yeah. How many starters? Yeah. Still on the team. Because I, I have a little gauge, because I remember the other night I heard somebody say there was like 10 on each team, but that wasn't starters. So, and we're talking total number here, total number combined starters each team, right? Both teams, total starters. Thanks for reading PFT, by the way. Well, I'm going to say, I don't know where I missed this. I'm going to guess there's somewhere between 10 and 12, like right in that range of like starters still. Because I rattled off a few from the Niners yesterday, like five or six. And then the Chiefs, I'm rattled off another five. I'm going to say 11, 11 starters. 12 is the number. Oh, well done. Yeah. 12 is the number. I had a little help, like I said. You didn't go over. All right. Well done. Good. Yeah. But there they are. There they are. Kyle Juszczyk, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, Fred Warner for the 49ers, 
Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, Derek Naughty, and Nicole Hardman, who left in free agency and was traded back this year. Not a starter now, was a starter then, back on the team now after being signed by the Jets in free agency, and just it just didn't work there. So well done with that graphic, too. I had no idea that they were even going to have that graphic. So well done. Well and done. Well done by you. I, I don't know. I, I never thought about it, but I would have thought it was more than 12. Yeah. But it just shows you right. how quickly things change in the NFL. Two teams getting together four years later. Oh, boy, that's boring. First of all, it's not boring. I think it's exciting to have two teams getting together again so closely. I do. The Bills I'm and the Cowboys you. did it back-to-back years. Cowboys-Steelers did it three years apart, three, four years apart. Super Bowl ten, Super Bowl thirteen. that would be three years. Right. So, uh, and, and those two teams, probably a lot from 10 to 13, in, in that era, a lot of the same guys getting together three years oh, later. Oh, definitely. This time Personal. around, though. Right. Not not many. Not many. And only one of the two quarterbacks. That's the thing. Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. playing for now for the Las Vegas Raiders. And the other thing we didn't mention yesterday, Peter King noted this in Football Morning in America. The Chiefs got to turn over their practice, or the Raiders, excuse me, have yeah. to turn over their practice. I saw that. The Chiefs. Yeah. For the whole week. Right. I mean, that that's the I, ultimate I, kick I in the butt Of all right the teams there. in the AFC. Right. Of all the teams in the AFC, you don't want to give your place to. It's the Chiefs. <laughs> right. And then you can take no solace in rooting for the 49ers because the Raiders hate the 49ers, too. Exactly right. It's the two worst teams It's a bad could have been in that Super Bowl. <laughs> You're right. It's a bad weekend for the Raiders. They got to hear about the Niners, their old Bay Area rival there. And then, of course, their longtime rival in the Chiefs. You're right. I didn't think about that. They're going to be ready for the Super Bowl to get over with in a hurry there. Yeah, the only color that matters, though, as I said in the item that I wrote about it, is green for Mark Davis. He can – he can. what's the gif of uh, – I think it's from Zombieland, Woody Harrelson, uh, patting his eyes as he's crying with a bunch of money. That's what Mark Davis would be able to do as he's crying his way through Super Bowl 58 between the Chiefs and the 49ers. Um I mean, the 49ers and Raiders thing is so bad, they had to quit playing in the preseason. Yeah. You know, of everybody loves the, the, the and... low-cost, no-travel-expenses games. Right. Jets-Giants every year in the preseason. Nobody has to pay a dime to travel. And they can't – yeah, the, the fights were so bad. I mean, they were shooting people. Yeah. It was so bad between the fan bases, they had to stop playing in the preseason. That's how much acrimony there is between the Raiders and 49ers. Yeah, a little crazy. Definitely, uh, uh, definitely, you know, battle of territory. Two big time franchises where, yeah, the 49ers, they found a home in, in San Francisco and Santa Clara built them a stadium. And, you know, it felt, it felt like Oakland, you know, felt like they were almost like the little brother who couldn't figure out how to get a new stadium, all of that. The Niners were the team with more success over the last 20 to 30 years. The Raiders were the team before that. That was like one of the beacons of success. So, yeah, it seemed to lead to a a little bitterness between the fan bases for sure. What game are we going to play in the casino? What are we going to play? We can never go wrong with blackjack. I mean, blackjack's always fun. I mean, that's that's always a good one to sit there. Like, I know, but I can I can imagine I can imagine getting really frustrated because you're gonna like hit on eight. No, no, I'm not that guy. Win. I'll play it by the book. I will. I want to win. I'm not gonna. I'm not one of these high rollers that just is gonna throw cash around. If I'm there and sitting down with you, we'll we'll work it and we'll try to do it the right way. Do you what, what? What's what's your limit? What do you hit? Where, where do you hit? Where do you hit and stop? Oh, I, I, oh. I don't play enough to have. I, I don't play it's enough. It's been so know. long for like, me. Like, is it fifteen? Yeah, you I hit on fifteen. Yeah, you maybe you got to hit on fifteen. Yeah, you Dealer get to 16, hits on 15, 17, right? You got to start. You know, you got to start thinking, right? And you got to start looking at what they got yeah. showing and all that. But yeah, I'll probably make a few wrong moves, not out of 
just out of being rusty, but but I think we should do that one night. That'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see how fun it is. We'll see. And and the other thing too is I remember when I went to Vegas the first time. They give you free drinks, and it's like, hey, this is great, free drinks. Yeah, yeah they're trying to get you drunk. Yeah, exactly so you'll, right. So you'll piss away everything here's, you've here's brought money. into the yeah, place. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, I, I I like it when coaches say things publicly that mesh with ideas that we weave into our narratives from time to time. And one of the things that we say is there's benefit in having a tougher path to the Super Bowl. Last year it was a little too easy for the Eagles, and they got there, and I don't think they were ready for the fight that they got from the Kansas City Chiefs. We just mentioned that yesterday. The 49ers are going to be better off because they had a couple of games where they had to dig deep to win. And, yeah, if you lose, you're done, but you survived. So now you're better off for it. Kyle Shanahan did a conference call yesterday with reporters, and he was asked if it helps having had a couple of gut check games to go into the Super Bowl. Here's what he had to say. I mean, I always think when you go through stuff like this, it hardens you and prepares you for any situation. I mean, you want to be able to go through tons of games and be able to win games any way possible. And I always feel we're capable of winning a game any way possible, but it just hasn't gone out, gone that way this year totally. We've been able to win a bunch of games um, pretty easily where the um, that fourth quarter isn't so stressful and, and the ones that we lost – um, usually you could see that happening earlier before that too. So to get in some games like this, um, it's just good experience for our players and to go through it and um, to make sure to see how important it is to go through all four quarters, win or lose that. You're never out of it. Every Stearns & Foster mattress is handcrafted with the finest materials for irresistible comfort every single night. Now save up to $800 on select adjustable mattress sets only at StearnsAndFoster.com. Lesser savings may apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. I mean, he's absolutely right. You've gone through the reps. You've gone through the practice of getting yourself in these moments where everybody has to find a way to hold it together when the pressure starts to mount. All right, we've been here. We've done this. We're okay. We're fine. Look at the difference between the last time they went to the Super Bowl and this time. And remember, last time we were there for the 27-10 victory over the Vikings. That was when Jimmy Garoppolo served up three interceptions to Eric Kendricks, who only caught one of them. Freaked out Kyle. They started to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. The next week against the Packers, he was Bob Greasy in that game. Threw the ball, I believe, eight times. Completed six for the entire game. 
they let Jimmy Garoppolo throw the ball again in Super Bowl 54. We're up 10 points, seven minutes to play, and it all fell apart. But they weren't ready, in part, for that, that, oh, crap, here we are. Right. Fourth quarter, what do we do? And the Chiefs had been through what what was the path that, that year? That was the comeback games, all big. the comebacks. Twenty four zero. They were down seventeen seven to the down, Titans. Down. Right. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah, and, and they were down ten points twice in that game in the first half to the Titans and came back on one. But yeah, that was the twenty they were down twenty four nothing in the first half to the Texans. Remember that moment where Bill O'Brien could have gone for the touchdown and delivered the dagger because I think twenty eight would have been too much to come back from. And went for a field goal instead and made yep. it twenty four. Right. And the, the once you once you have once you have resurrected your season, once you you're once you've accepted that you're just done and let's just go do our thing, I feel like that there's a cleansing aspect to that that just makes you impervious to any of the other like we're we're good now. We're good. We're already dead. We're already dead. Let's just go play. Yeah. We've all we're all our season already should have ended. Let's just go do our thing. And there's a looseness to that. I agree. That you don't have if it all comes easily and then you get yourself into a spot where things get tight and you're like, what is this feeling? Right. We're, wait, wait a minute. We're supposed, we're supposed to be on the sideline with our shoulder pads off by now. We, we st- we're still playing in this game? What are you talking about? Yeah. I, I think there's something real about that, which gives the 49ers a better shot to win than they maybe had four years ago. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you there. You know, I, I think you, know, we, we, you hit on the Eagles last year, right? It was so easy. And A.J. Brown had that comment, right, that I think he said like, late in the game, he looked up in the scoreboard and went, wow, like, we could lose this game. It was the first time he had had those feelings or thoughts in a while, right? And, and of course, they, they didn't perform to their, their utmost in that, that end-of-the-game situation as compared to Kansas City, who had been in those situations a lot. So... Uh, there is some value to this. And we know this was a question about the 49ers before we even got to the playoffs. So they've, they've answered the bell in that department. The team, they're all going to believe in the quarterback, that if they're down, that he can bring them back. They believe in Shanahan and his ability to readjust, you know, figure out a new attack, game plan, or whatever on the fly to come back and win a football game. I think that's where they're different than the last Super Bowl. I'm not sure they're as good a team in totality, but I do think there's more belief in their quarterback that he can do some special things and they can do it that way, right? I think that's the big thing, right, Mike? But the big question with the Niners, it's still, right? And this is to me, here's the flip side. You said all the good things. I agree with you in a lot of it. But the flip side a little to this is the 49ers, did they peak too early, right? They certainly don't look as good as they did when we were gushing about them in week 12 and 13 and 14 and going, oh, my gosh, like you were saying, just chalk it up, put them in the Super Bowl. Everybody's playing for second, right? I mean, I was right there with you. They looked like they were on a different level than everybody else in football. Ravens game came, kind of knocked their swagger, you know, out of their walk a little bit, and they haven't been as dominant, right? And that's where, you know, the the side of yeah we can win close games but also the side of man we're not really playing our best football did we peak too early and man this team we're playing this week wow we can't not play our best ball against this crew here right and i think that that there could be some doubt in the 49ers right now as far as how well they're playing too 
I think that could go both ways in this conversation, especially with Mahomes and the Chiefs, you know, on the horizon. And you know how magical they are if you're in another locker room playing them. You, me- you mentioned the quarterback of the 49ers. I mean, what a contrast. They had kind of the lovable meathead in Jimmy Garoppolo that nobody trusted to go out there and seize the day. And then you've got this boy next door who's like a – like, like he – like I'm trying to think of the best way to say it that's not going to get a one-minute clip that's going to get on Twitter and we're going to get dragged all day. He just doesn't seem like the guy that's going to come and, you know, beat you up and take your lunch money. I hear you. Right? Right. Like, like th- 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 it's just he seems he seems innocent. He seems innocuous. Oh, totally. He seems harmless. Right. And then he will kill you. Right? I, I'm going to tell you during the break what I'm thinking of. I ain't saying it on the air. But I'm going to tell you during the break what I'm thinking of when I think of Brock Purdy. But – but he w- but he's capable. And and the other side about it is, he seems like the nicest guy in the world. Yep. And there's this weird media fight between the pro-Brock Purdy mafia that wants to put him in the Hall of Fame, for crying out loud, based on two seasons. And then the other side is like, he sucks. It's like, well, wait a minute. Yeah. Neither of you are right. Right. The right. guy's a work in progress. Right. This is his opportunity. If he's going to step onto the biggest stage and thrive, this is it. Because he's going against Patrick Mahomes. He's getting a chance to do something that Tom Brady and nobody else has really done to Patrick Mahomes. Joe Burrow did it because they left a crack open when it was 21-3 in the AFC Championship. But that's the universe of guys who can handle Patrick Mahomes in the highest stakes of games. It's Tom Brady, who did it twice, and Joe Burrow, who did it once. What's Brock Purdy going to do? I know. And that's that's the thing that that makes this game – more intriguing than the one from four years ago, the Brock Purdy factor. What's he going to do in this moment? And nobody knows. Right. He doesn't look like he should be in the same conversation with those guys, to your point. Brady and Burrow versus Mahomes. Like, wait, Brock Purdy, right? Right. But we know he's playing better in a higher level than Jimmy Garoppolo was when they were going to the Super Bowl. But, yeah, you see him here. I mean – this looks like my my 11th grade social studies teacher walking into school for the day. Like, oh, hey, Mr. Purdy, how are you? He's like the young new teacher in school that everybody likes. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, wait, we got a cool young teacher. He's He can talk to us and he likes sports. That's what he looks like right there. And he's like, all right, class, you know, get your books out. Uh, he does not look like superstar takeover the game quarterback. And that's the interesting thing. So there's the that, that's where I, I, I was kind of getting at. There's the confidence of the Niners in Brock Purdy, but there's also like base level thoughts from friends of mine or anybody else close to me, right? Base level, not like you're in the football type of people. Brock Purdy's not beating Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, right? I think there's a lot of people out there right now that just boil it down to that, you know? Then you take into account, man, the Chiefs, have found their gleam, their glow, whatever. The AFC, we know how good the damn AFC is. They dominate the Dolphins. You know, they control Buffalo in Buffalo. The Ravens are the team that took over the spot for the 49ers where we're like, kind of looks like everybody's playing for second. And they're at home. It's the Ravens. It's their year. What controlled by Kansas City throughout the football game? And there you got the Niners where it's like, Woo, 
Barely got by Green Bay, got outplayed, got lucky, right? Ooh, barely got by Detroit, got outplayed a lot of the game. That coach over there made some really dumb decisions. Thank God he let us in. Woo, we just got by. And now you got to go play Mahomes and the Chiefs. So that's where I find the psychology interesting, Mike. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's I do find it intriguing. No, there, you're right. Aspect, you're, you're right. You know? uh, pro- part of the problem is we spend too much time together. We start thinking alike. We, we pick the same damn scores for the games. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. But, but. The, the the betting market for this game already is nuts. It opened at two and a half as the 49ers being favored. Right. Yesterday morning it was down to San Francisco minus one. Right. I checked last night. It had crept back to San Francisco minus 1.5. Now it's back to San Francisco minus two. Wow. Like it's And it's not a huge swing, but isn't that weird how it's moving so quickly? And like people are saying, oh, I like that. Like people have their preconceived notions and they see something that they think is value and they jump on it and it's making i assume that's what's making the line yeah, move i don't right. think somebody's sneezing in the you know in the room where they set the lines and the needles moving around something's <laughs> causing it to move and it started off a lot of action on the chiefs at 49ers minus two and a half and now you're getting a lot of action on the 49ers at minus one and minus one and a half and they pushed it back to two so the, the, this is the perfect kind of game because we really don't know what we're going to get until we get there. And the last time I had that feeling was Super Bowl 19, and, of course, the 49ers blew out the Dolphins in that game. So hopefully it won't turn out the same way. We, I, I want to play something from your buddy Kyle about yeah. Brock Purdy because P- Purdy, they don't win that game without Purdy right. on Sunday because Purdy made some decisions to freelance and yeah. run the ball and he picked up big chunks of yardage, and that sustained drives, fueled drives, and ultimately helped the comeback. Here's Purdy talking, or not Purdy, here's Shanahan talking about Brock Purdy's ability to avoid sacks. It's so huge. I mean, you, you, you always want a guy who can sit there and get the ball to the right people every single time and find that hole in the defense and make those throws standing in there and being accurate. But uh, that's, that's not always the case. And sometimes it's impossible to get to number three without someone's beat and stuff like that. And when you do have a quarterback who's got a knack for when to do it, and he doesn't do it a ton and just give up on open plays, uh, he's kind of got a natural ability of when to give up on the play, when to make a guy miss, when to turn it off schedule. And no matter what happens, he gives you a chance. And uh, I can't – I mean, everyone knows, everyone saw it, but those plays he made with his feet last night in the second half – um, they that was a problem and for the defense. And they had some good coverages on, and uh, he kept the chains moving and also found a way to get some explosives doing it too. You know, Chris, and there's, there's, his dad looks just like Dan Loria, the father from the Wonder Years. Anyway, uh, he, that's what he wanted in Trey Lance. He got what he wanted in Trey Lance, and he didn't even know he was getting it. Right. The guy, because I, I think he finally embraced the idea that you need to have somebody who can run your offense the way you want it to be run, but when things go sideways, he can do something with his legs. Yeah, right. One of the main reasons why we both believe he didn't give a second look at Patrick Mahomes in 2017 because I, I, I don't want a guy that's going to be running all over the place. And it's not like Pur- – and I think he trusts Purdy to not overdo it. Yes. It is the true break glass in event of emergency. If there's nothing else there – I'm going to run. I'm going to make the throw. I'm going to run the offense. I'm going to do exactly what you tell me to do. But then when this happens and I got to squirt through, I'm going to go. Yeah. And until they account for that, it's going to be there. And you know what's going to happen, Chris? Once they account for that, 
then it's going to be easier for him to throw the ball. Definitely. Because they're going to be allocating defensive resources to spying him and containing him to take that away, which is going to make it easier to get guys open down the field. Uh, 100%. You know, he continues to show ways to beat defenses, that's for sure. You said it right. Shanahan wants a guy that just, hey, digest, take all the information in. I got a million plays, a million rules. If you can just listen to me, we'll be okay, we'll be okay on offense, right? But he's not going to be right every play of every game. And that's where he needs a quarterback every now and then. You know, get out of jail free card. Okay, wait, I didn't call the right play against this defense. You know, uh, Aaron Glenn got me. He tricked me here. He's good, too. He's a good coach. He's getting paid a lot of money. Brock, help me out, right? And that's where Brock came through. It's where Mahomes helps Andy Reid and, and Matt Nagy, of course. And that's what a great quarterback does is they can find the blend of system and backyard and know how to not overdo it in any of one of those departments. And maybe Mahomes sways a little more backyard. Purdy sways a little more system. Okay, that's cool. But there's obviously a blend there. And I think that's the most important thing. And, you know, to your point with Shanahan, and I don't think he'd be mad at me for sharing this, right? Purdy, I think that's the thing that's amazed him from the get-go is this sixth sense of, like, wow, how did you feel the pocket there? Ooh, you know, you know, oh, how did you know when to run there? Ooh, you know, how did you know that guy was going to come open right there? I can remember in the early days of Purdy, those were the things Shanahan used to say to me. Like, dude, he makes decisions sometimes, and I'm on the field, and I look at it and go, I don't even know how he got to that decision that quickly. Like, he, that's where Purdy is kind of next level and I think really impressed Shanahan Brian Greasy, quarterback, coach, and company. And, of course, why a uh, big part of the reason why they're in the Super Bowl. And with all the media obligations they will have next week, and with all the media who will be covering them who aren't the usual cluster of folks who are trying to strike the right balance and not piss Kyle off with annoying headlines or annoying questions, <laughs> I sure hope somebody at some point asks Purdy and Shanahan about the comments Seriously. that Brock Purdy made two weeks ago that everybody has freaking ignored that Kyle wanted Tom Brady this year, not Brock Purdy. No one has asked. How can no one have asked Kyle Shanahan or Brock Purdy about Purdy saying on the record, this wasn't a report with unnamed sources, Purdy said on the record, Kyle told me, if we can get Tom Brady, he's the starter this year. And Purdy's like, what the hell? I'm the last guy taken in the draft. I'll deal with it. Okay, fine. It's Tom Brady. Kind of pissed him off at some level, but he's got to deal with it. What other choice does he have? Demand a trade after one year? And, and it's like it never happened. Yeah. It came out two weeks ago today. It went unnoticed for a week until Michael David Smith, managing editor of PFT, noticed it and started asking the writers, like, Am I, have I lost my mind? Do you guys see this? Like, have you seen anything about this? And it's just been ignored. And it it's almost amazing. like the 49ers beat writers are giving us the middle finger, or me particularly, yeah. by not asking it. Yeah. Kyle was available three times last week and they never asked it. Brock was available twice last week and they never asked it. I mean, what the hell are you people doing? Ask the goddamn question! <laughs>
<laughs> so hopefully they will next week. You're a psycho. You need to find a psychologist <laughs> on the couch, okay? <laughs> you did. I, I will I repeat that claim once it's again. <laughs> from working with you. As I, I told you last week, it's hard I make. have PTSD from walking into the bathroom while you were on the toilet. That's why. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, that was a horrible moment. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> but, but, but it is amazing. It is amazing that that question has not been asked or that the whole conversation has not been made bigger news. You're, I think that, that points to a healthy relationship between Shanahan, the 49ers, and the local media. That's exactly. I mean, you're right. That's exactly what it points to. Here's the healthy. Here's the healthy. Yeah. This is well, the healthy relationship. Uh, yeah, well, that's where yeah, you, they you live need under to his come thumb. in. You need to go over there during Super Bowl press conference and be the guy that does it. Right? Because he's obviously told them, don't ask me the question. So then Florio <laughs> can write more annoying headlines. Don't ask hey. me it. And he's got them on hey. lockdown. So you might have to go in there and save the day, Let's man. you and I go. You <laughs> come with great. me. Let's go. <laughs> Let's roll great. in there. Uh, Let's roll in there with, like, sunglasses and chains after we lose all of our money at the tables. <laughs> Let's roll in there about four or five drinks in. Let's go into one of those press conferences and let's ask him. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> that would be great. But but here's the thing. This is what's and, – and I think Peter – did Peter King have this in his column? Here it is. It's one of the top paragraphs. 24-7 after two quarters, the Lions are beating the 49ers. Purdy looked very much like the 262nd pick of the draft, tentative, jumpy, making wrong reads. Right. When I went into the media men's room at the half, one urinal-using press box wag said, who's got odds on the Niners' opening day quarterback next year, Purdy or Kirk Cousins? That was going to be the narrative. If they turn 24-7 into 34-13, yeah. they're done, it's over, three picks for Brock Purdy. The fact that he was ready to go with Brady this year is going to create a mess about what he's going to do next year. And now that's over. No matter what happens in the Super Bowl, although if he has you know a night like he had on Christmas against the 49ers, although one of them was his fault, but it was just bad luck, bad bounces. But if he has a meltdown in the Super Bowl, maybe it's back on the table. But But that's what makes that angle... So newsworthy because we know Kyle's already been in that neighborhood and what's it going to take to get him back in that neighborhood and what's it going to take to get him out of that neighborhood forever. Yeah. Winning the Super Bowl would probably, Definitely. I'd like to think winning a Super Bowl will do right, it. Right. But you know, if, if, if they had lost badly on Sunday, that that's why that story is important. It's not some weird little curiosity. No, it's no. something that's got oh, yeah. ramifications moving forward, potentially. Yeah, I think so. Agreed. And I think, you know, I, I think there's still people out there that question, you know, a little bit what we saw on Sunday and big moments and things like that. Can he take over? Can he do that? Now, he did a pretty damn good job against the Lions the other day. But as we know, the Lions were not a good defense this year, right? They, they statistically were, uh, you know, bottom third in football. So that's where they were. And I think that's where some of football still questions Brock Purdy. You know, he answered some yesterday, but you're right. I mean, listen, if he plays, if they lost the Packers the way he played in that game, I mean, he was horrible against the Packers. If they lost that game and went out, there's going to be a lot of conversations along the lines of what you're talking about. If he goes to the Super Bowl here and doesn't play well and interceptions, the offense doesn't get going, there, there's – 
there's going to be questions again too, because I think too what the NFL community is and and there and even them like like the fans are divided on Brock Purdy. I think the NFL community is somewhat divided too. Like he's a good player, we know that, but I think the questions of like, wait, is he the guy, the guy that can beat Baltimore? Can he? go on the road and beat Cleveland in that defense? Oh, no, no, he didn't do it. Wait, what about when Burrow and the Bengals come to town? Oh, no, he didn't beat them either, right? So I think those are questions still there about like, ooh, when it comes to the the upper echelons, the cream of the crop teams in the NFL, and Shanahan's tricks don't work as much like we saw in the first half of this last game, and he can't open things up, is Brock Purdy going to be able to make a few plays to get it going, jumpstart it, bring a team back that way, I think that's what people, you know, question. And I think they'll probably still question because the Lions with the fourth down, you know, going for it and them not being a great defense, uh, I don't think the people that don't want to believe in Brock Purdy aren't going to totally believe in him yet just because it was the Lions. I guess that's what I'm trying to say there. It's just an amazing dynamic that I can't remember the last time we had a quarterback on a team that was a Super Bowl caliber team that there were so many widely varying opinions about. And there's enough ammunition there to make the argument one way or the other, right? I mean, that's the best kind of case to take to court where there's enough there where you can make a strong argument for and against. There's enough there that you could get a couple of lawyers on either side of this thing and make compelling arguments for putting him in the Hall of Fame right now. Rattle off stat after stat after stat right. after stat. All these great things he's done. And then you could say, well, what about this game? What about that game? What about this moment? What about that moment? And, you know, the best news for the 49ers is on Sunday, the last time we've seen him play, he gave us some of the best stuff we've seen in the highest possible pressure scenario. Right. But first half, first yeah. half was not right. was not the kind of stuff that's going to get you to Canton. No. So. We'll see, but that's, you know, that, that's why when you're, when you're talking about one of the all-time greats on one side and a guy that is still unknown, reasonable minds may differ on what he currently is and what he's going to be. The other guy, there is no debate. There is no dispute. There is no question that he's one of the all-time greats. It creates an imbalance that the 49ers are going to have to make up yeah. somehow, and they yeah. almost did. Four years ago, right. when Jimmy Garoppolo, the lovable, right. lovable meathead, was playing quarterback, it's, it's going to be easier to make up the difference this time, but can they do it? We're going to take a break and talk about some Chiefs issues that are still percolating based upon a so-so regular season that became a great postseason. We'll do that next year on PFT Live. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 